are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only with it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for my Ultra Player of the Season coming up later in the episode. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. And like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 season. That kind of makes me a big deal. So on today's podcast, we got like, I believe, 10 to 11 questions sent in for the mailbag. So that's what the majority of today's podcast is going to be answering all of your guys' questions, which once again, I want to make sure I say at the beginning of the podcast, these questions do not have to be just about the Pistons, which a lot of these are not. They're about the playoffs. They're about some other stuff. You can ask me questions about the playoffs, the Pistons, life, food, fun things like ga- video games or something, or there's things going on in the world. Like You guys can ask me anything, so it doesn't have to be just about the Pistons. So that's what we're going to spend the majority of our time doing on the podcast today. However, before we get into that, Today, on the road to the finals, our NBA playoff cover is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And the reason why I wanted to get that out the way at the beginning today is because we had quite the game yesterday in the playoffs. And there's one storyline that I'm sure all of you guys already know I'm going to talk about, or at least just mention. I'm not going to spend a lot, a lot of time talking about it. But yesterday, the Clippers and Jazz had their first game of their second round series. Now, there was a moment in that second half, and honestly, throughout the whole game, uh, this player played pretty well, but Luke Kennard played really well for the Clippers yesterday. He ended up with 18 points and 7 of 9 shooting, 4 of 6 from deep in 29 minutes, which like I said on the last podcast when we were talking about Sadiq Bey or Luke Kennard, who's better. Luke probably should have been playing this series anyways, but the story I wanted to talk about is that in the like second half, it was like right there in front of us for Pistons fans. You want to talk about ESPN, you guys, national media, you guys want to talk about some things that would make like some Pistons fans feel type of way. The fact that we were watching Luke Kennard and Donovan Mitchell go at, like back and forth at each other in the second half. Like the back-to-back picks, the one the Pistons actually picked and ended up trading, and then the Piston, the person the Pistons uh, should have drafted with Donovan Mitchell, back-to-back picks going right back and forth at each other in the playoffs while the Pistons are sitting at home. Now that's something you guys could tweet about and say that would probably make some Pistons fans feel the type of way. But it definitely was pretty fun to watch. I, like you said, like I've said many times, I'm rooting for Reggie and Luke to get a ring this year. I'm rooting for them to make it to the finals and win. So it was fun to watch, but definitely it was an interesting storyline going on yesterday with Luke, seeing Luke Kennard and Donovan Mitchell on the floor in the second round of an NBA playoff game while the Pistons are at home. It's kind of uh, made me feel the type of way, but... Anyways, let's go ahead and get straight into the mailbag. Like I said, we got like 10 or 11 questions. And like I said many times already this podcast, I'm going to say it again. It does not have to be just about Pistons. So if you guys just want to have a fun conversation or a fun question thrown out there, you can do that as well. So the first question is going to be by Michigan. Yeah, buddy. That's his username. That Like I wasn't I wasn't making that. I wasn't just saying that that type of way for no reason. He literally has Michigan. So his question is, are too many NBA players going to the Hall of Fame? Um, this is a common topic that I hear talked about a lot with like 
some of my friend groups, and I've also seen, I saw Stephen A. say something about it a few days ago as well. Um, me personally, I don't think so. Um, at least for me, I just feel like that the Hall of Fame, first of all, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, so it takes into account your entire basketball career. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. I think a lot of people mis- misunderstand that. It's not just about what you did in the NBA. If you have stuff from overseas, that counts. Uh, if you have like some amazing high school things, that counts as well. Some amazing college things, that counts as well. Uh, so, And then also if you did some things like afterwards as a coach or like an executive or like an owner or anything like that, all these things that have anything to do with basketball, this all gets put together. So I think people miss that, first of all. And second, for me at least, I don't really have a problem with the, as many NBA players going to the Hall of Fame as they do. Because I think as we get older, like my generation, like us, like young 20-year-olds, as we get older, we're, we're entering into the generation of, I believe, right now with the NBA just being so stacked talent-wise that some guys that like the 11th best player now is like, like I, I think in like 10 years, you could make a realistic argument that like there could be like 15 like borderline superstars in the NBA, like where like... In the past, I remember growing up, they'd be like, oh, there's really only five superstars. The top five players have to be superstars. There's nobody. You, you can't say there's like 10 superstars in the league because then they're not a superstar. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case soon. Like right now as in the NBA today, I think there's like five to six players on, a given, on any given day that have an argument for best player in the league. And then in the next tier, you've got people right on their, right on their uh, heels, like seven more players are right there. So I think the, the talent is improving. I think there's a lot more, uh, like I said, talent in the NBA so I think as we go into the future, there's just going to be more deserving players because the NBA is getting that much better. Uh, I don't think we're going to see like this, these big gaps between the top five to the next ten. I think that's that gap is being closed, and and there's going to be just a lot of talent in the NBA to the point where these players are just deserving. It's just the fact that we just had them all in one specific era, so it's going to look like you're just stacking up players from era. It's just it is what it is. That's the era we're coming into, I believe. So next question is from Lance Caparasi. He's the one who actually asked me the question and made the topic of if a starting five with current uh, former Pistons in the playoffs could make the playoffs. So I I guess I'll answer it here again. Uh, Yes, I do believe so. I I gave my starting five on two podcasts ago on Monday. Uh, I said that I believe the starting lineup of, if you're not including Reggie, uh, Chris Milton, I mean, you got Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Marcus Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, and Blake. I believe they could probably like fight for a play-in get like 9 or 10 seed, possibly get to 8th seed. I think they could possibly do that. If you're including Chris Milton, I do think they make the playoffs like 7th seed. Um, but yeah, I, I think they could be a low-end playoff team, yes. And then the last question I want to get into before I tell you about some of our sponsors. This one was from Pistons Talks. He said, possible draft targets in the second round. Now, one of my followers, Bravo, tweeted at him and gave him his own uh, few targets in the second round. Uh, I know another person, hopeful Pistons fan, said, yeah, this would be good. Uh, I'm not going to answer this question on here because I'm actually going to have someone on, I hope, at the end of this week or at the beginning of next week. So we're going to talk about all kinds of draft targets in the beginning of the second round, uh, people we should be looking for. Like, that's going to be made an entire segment. So I'm not going to answer it right now, but I do want to let you know that this will be, like, a major part of a podcast, either at the end of this week on Friday or at the beginning of next week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, around there. So make sure you stay in tune for that Pistons talk. But... Coming up, we'll continue to answer all of your guys' questions that you guys sent in. But before we get into that, let me tell you about who brought me the most joy, happiness, and enjoyment one of these weeks during the season as my Michelob Ultra Player of the Season. So so we're going to be picking a, a bunch of different players throughout the offseason since the Pistons obviously aren't playing right now. So I believe last week I picked Frank Jackson, but now I'm going to pick Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is going to be my highlight Michelob Ultra Player of the Season, and this is why. 
Mason Plumlee before the season was told to be a bad contract. Why the hell are we signing him? This was awful. No one was confident in him. No one thought that he would have any kind of fun with this team or cause us to have any fun or give us any joy watching him. But guess what? That was the complete opposite of that. Mason Plumlee came out here and had a career season, had career highs across the board. He had three triple-doubles. He played really well for the Pistons. And honestly, he played so well to where his contract went from people before the season thinking it was a bad contract to where he could be flipped in the offseason or next season during the, reg- during the regular season to a contender for maybe a young player or a pick or a late-round pick. And, man, did you see some of the passes he came out here? He dropped TLC for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we honestly, like I tell you guys all the time, my job is to analyze the game, but let's just be honest. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And watching Mason Plumlee, I gotta say, made me have a lot of, I had a lot of fun watching Mason Plumlee. I enjoyed myself watching Mason Plumlee. He had a lot of great passes, a lot of great dribble moves, honestly, and kind of was Nikolai Jokic-esque. All right, let me not go that far. But yeah, Mason Plumlee is going to be this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Season. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the best place to engage in conversation and debate about whatever sports topic you're thinking about. I've been hosting the Locked On Pistons podcast room on Locker Room on Saturdays at 2 p.m., but outside of that, you guys can also catch me in Duncan Smith's room on Locker Room on Mondays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. as well. And make sure, once again, make sure to join me on the Lockdown Pistons room on Saturdays at 2 p.m. And the easy way to do this is to go download the Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices and in beta versions on Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all in the app, and I'll be sure to let you guys know when the Lockdown Pistons room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk about sports. So we're going to move ahead in the mailbag. Let's answer some more of your guys' questions. Who do I want to answer next? This one, I guess, we'll go with Just Ask the Axis, which, once again, I, I mentioned your name la- on, like, last week's mailbag, I believe, but that is a pretty cool name. It, it kind of gets me tongue-tied, but it's kind of a cool name. Uh, he says, predict next year's roster. Um, okay, so on next year's roster, I'm going to – this is actually a big topic that I have – I have my friend Sham Mohill coming on here to talk about it because me and him got into an argument about it. I'm sure a lot of you guys know who Sham is. And there was like a lot of theories that we were throwing out there. There's a lot of arguments we were having about it. There's a lot of different ways that things can go. But the way I think the Pistons roster goes next year, and this is like, I'll say my safe prediction. Uh, I know I said a, like two weeks ago when Tory Weaver came out and said he thought a lot of the improvement would come in-house. He doesn't plan on getting a bunch of people. I call him a liar because I just don't believe... It's possible that he'll do a full offseason without making many moves. But if we are going to take him for his worth, my safe prediction will be the only real people added to the rotation will be this first-round pick this season. If they were possibly to move into the second round with or first round with some of their second-round picks, that those two players possibly, I think only one, honestly, if I want to be safe, and then maybe a player he pulls off in trade. So I think only two new people will be added to the rotation. And that will mean that we'll continue with the Killian Hayes, uh, whoever the first-round draft pick is, let's say Jalen Green. Let's just throw him out there. A shooting guard, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, either Isaiah Stewart or Mason Plumlee. Then the backup center will be one of those two. Uh, then you got Saban Lee. Unless, or I think that's the main position he could upgrade at and and bring someone else in from free agency or a trade backup point guard. But let's go ahead and just say Saban Lee, Josh Jackson, or Hamadou Diallo, a shooting guard, or Frank Jackson. Then Hamadou Diallo or Josh Jackson at small forward, Sekou at power forward, 
And then, like I said, one of the two, Plumlee or Stewart at the five. And that's going to be who I think that, – that's my safe prediction. I think a lot of the guys are coming back, and if we are to believe what Troy Weaver said about a lot of the improvement coming from in-house, then that is what I'm going to believe. I think only, like, two players will be added to this real rotation. I could see Magruder dipping out. Uh, I could see him being thrown into a trade because he's expiring. Same thing with Jaleel Okafor. I don't think Wayne Ellington's coming back as well. Corey Joseph, obviously, I don't believe is going to be coming back because the whole point of his contract or the whole point of his trade was because his contract can be voided and turned into uh, expiring for this offseason. So I think, obviously, Corey Joseph won't be back. So, yeah, that, that's my that's my safe base-level prediction for next year's roster. But like I said, I'm going to have Sham on here either tomorrow. I think we're going to have him either on here tomorrow or next week on Wednesday or Thursday. And we're going to talk about this because we had a lot of interesting theories that we were throwing at each other, a lot of different topics surrounding like next year's roster that I want to actually talk about on the podcast because it sounded a lot of fun. So, yeah. Next question I guess we'll go with is from JT Olsen. He says, uh, there are a lot of up-and-coming teams in the playoffs this year, the Hawks, the Suns, Knicks, Grizzlies. Who is the next young team to crack into the playoffs over the next year or two? All right, so I think a lot of you guys obviously would probably want to say the Detroit Pistons. And he said the year or two, and you guys know where I stand. I believe the Pistons probably will be doing something like that in two years. So I won't blame you guys for saying something like that because, like I said, two years, maybe they could do it. Uh, but outside the Detroit Pistons, I don't want to be biased. Another team that I think could probably crack into the uh, the playoffs over the next year or two. Um, are we counting the Chicago Bulls as young? I know that actually, you know, probably not because Chicago, I mean, what, what's that going to be now? 25, 26. And he's got Vucevic, who I believe is 31 now. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's going to get, I don't think we're going to count the Bulls. Um, are we counting the play-in? Because the Hornets made the play-in already. So if we're, if we're counting the plan, I can't say I'm not going to say the Hornets. But if we're not counting the plan, we're only counting the actual playoffs of the top eight. I think the Hornets are a key candidate to do that. I think they could probably be in the playoffs next year. Uh, next, I think I mean I think that's really in the East of young teams, of young teams that could get in. Like I think Raptors could probably do it, but I'm not considering them a young team. I'm not considering the Bulls a young team. I don't think the Cavs are close yet to making the playoffs. Same thing with the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Pistons, I guess, like depending on what they do. But once again, I think that's in like two years. Um, and then let's go ahead and go to the West. Is there anybody in the West? I think the Pelicans. The Pelicans are probably the best choice, honestly, out of all these teams. Pelicans, obviously, they have Zion. They have Brandon Ingram. Right now, they have Lonzo Ball. We don't know if he's going to be on the team moving forward. But when you have Zion Williamson as you're like your main young guy, who's like, what is he now, 20, 21 years old? Uh, when Zion's your main guy, you're probably going to hit the playoffs sooner rather than later. So I think the Pelicans probably will make the playoffs next year. And they're the key uh, they're probably the best answer for this question. But another underrated uh, answer I'll give for this, and I'm only saying this because I think it's about damn time. Like, at some point, they have to do this. Like, they're too talented, and uh, they can't be trashed for this long. I'm going to go ahead and say the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, they have Car Anthony Towns. As much as I rag on him for being awful on defense and how I say that I just don't believe that you can have a center be this bad in defense and win, Car Anthony Towns is extremely gifted and talented. And they got a talented team. And these guys have been trashed for a long time. Haven't made the playoffs for a long time. They keep getting at the top of the draft. They keep getting these picks. And just haven't been able to turn that into playoff, like at least a playoff appearance. So I think my two, my actually my three best guesses are going to be either the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Pelicans, or the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm saying the Timberwolves, like I said, because I, it just has to happen at some point. My God, you have Carl Anthony Towns on your team. Like, come on. At some point, you have to at least make the playoffs. So I think that's probably going to happen soon. One of those three teams. Definitely Pelicans next year, probably. That would be my prediction. If I had to pick one, I'm picking the Pelicans next year. 
And then the last question before we get into some of more of our sponsors, this one is from Jeff Koenig. He says, what is your finals prediction and why? So look, I actually started getting like harassed and just completely bombarded by, by a bunch of angry people on Twitter yesterday. I had to do some damage control. I had to, I had to tweet out some things, uh, you know, get some high retweets, high likes, high, high favoritism, had some people be happy with me after there. So, you know, I had, had to do some damage control, you feel me? But at the beginning of the day, in the morning while I was at work, I was tweeting out some stuff about the Nets in the Milwaukee Bucks series. And I said that, are we really going to do this whole thing with Giannis where he loses to a super team? We say, oh, he failed because he lost to a super team that's going to end up just sleepwalking to the finals. And everyone came at me because apparently Nets fans, I didn't know this, but apparently Nets fans want to take this whole <laughs> this whole attitude, oh, we've been counted out all year. We've been counted out and, and we're upsetting the, the odds. Bro, you guys are a super team. You guys aren't upsetting anything. You guys have been favorites all year. I said that at the beginning of the, po- uh, the beginning of the playoffs that they probably just walked to the playoffs if they really wanted to. And if you guys listened to last week's podcast with Bryce from Motor City Hoops, I literally said my prediction: if the Nets really wanted to, I think they could just literally roll through the East to the finals and win a championship. So, bro, you guys are not underdogs. You guys are ups- upsetting any odds. Get the hell out of here, bro. I hate when fans do this. They get like like when they heat or something. Who's another team that would do? Oh, the Golden State Warriors a few years back when they had that stack team. They would be like, oh. We're upsetting everything. No, you guys are stacked. You guys are odds on favorites. Please chill out. But anyways, the reason why I bring all that up is because my prediction is that the Nets go to the finals and easily win. I actually have a bet right now for $25 with Duncan Smith on how many games the Brooklyn Nets will lose the rest of the playoffs. I think they're going to lose under three games, like three games or or less. Honestly, I'm going to say this, Duncan, if you end up hearing this or anyone hears this and wants to go ahead and show this to Duncan or say this to Duncan, go ahead. I'm saying that I don't think that, like, the Brooklyn Nets could end up losing four games. I'll pay up the $25 to them. But they could lose four games and still just coast to the finals. Like, they could have just some games where they just decide not to show up, and then the rest of the games they just dominate. Like, that could happen. But my main thing is I think the Brooklyn Nets are quite literally not going to be threatened at all the rest of the playoffs. I don't think anyone's really going to threaten them. And I think they're just going to win the, the finals relatively easily. Like, they may drop a game or two and, like, win in game six of a series. But while we're watching that series, we'll be sitting there saying, yeah, I mean, they won this game, but I don't think they're not really posing a threat to them. The Nets really like kind of took this night off. So that's my prediction. I know you guys probably want like a better prediction of like, oh, who do you think is going to make it in the finals? Do you think it's going to go seven games, blah, blah, blah. No, I I just think the Nets, if if James Harden's healthy, they're just going to roll to the finals and just, you know, Get it over with. I, I think they're just too stacked. And I think people are massively underrating the rest of their roster. Like, Joe Harris is absolutely no joke. He has argument outside Steph Curry for, like, be the best shooter in the NBA. Like, he's absurd. He also got the resurgence of Blake Griffin, which, while we've talked about how he's not playing no superstardoms kind of thing, the way he's playing for them is really damn good. So, he's a really good piece for them. Bruce Brown has been extremely good for them. They also have Claxton. They have Shamit. Like, this team is not bad. So even without James Harden, if you have KD and Kyrie with those pieces around them, they're going to be pretty damn good and hard to beat, which we're seeing so far. So, yeah, that's my prediction. Nets roll to the finals, win a championship, KD wins another one, and another finals MVP. So there's my prediction for you guys. Let me know who you guys think is going to win the finals. I think a lot of you guys probably were going to say the Brooklyn Nets because that just is what makes sense. But before we get into the final questions of this mailbag Wednesday, Let's go ahead and tell you about another one of our sponsors, Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone like me, which by the way, I'm a pretty damn good athlete, okay? I may not be an elite one, a professional athlete, but I'm a good athlete. Just trying to make it through the day, tension-free, Theragun can help. 
Theragun is a handheld percursive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension, issuing a scientifically collaborated combo of depth and speed and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using the gain's signature percursive therapy 1, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and myself. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. And speaking of placing bets, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Betterline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's when I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and pops on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So like I said, we're going to finish out the podcast answering these last few questions from you guys. Let's go ahead and get to these ones. This one is from Ro Killian Stan. He says, any way the Pistons get another first rounder this year, what would a package look like if they could? So we've actually talked about this on the podcast a few times over the past week and a half or so because this is, I think it's a likely thing to happen. So the way I think the Pistons get into the first round is they have three second rounders this year. I think they package some of those along with a player, someone like Mason Plumley, or, you know, who else? Um, I mean, Rodney Magruder maybe with like an expiring contract or something, um, so, something like that. I think, honestly, the best thing I can think of right now is, like, to stack some second-rounders together. Maybe just the second-rounders alone and move into the real late first round, like 29, 30, 28. Or you package those picks with Mason Plumlee or someone, trade them to a contending team, and get, like, a pick between, like, I don't know, like, 23 and 30. You can, like, move into the late first round there. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best package I can think of. I don't think the Pistons would want to give up anything really else for a late first rounder now if they want to move into the early first round and get another high pick uh, I could see them possibly moving one of the wings like Frank Jackson Josh Jackson or Hamadou Diallo because it is a log jam kind of there uh, I don't think Hamadou Diallo is leaving anywhere I don't think they could even trade Hamadou or Frank Jackson because the draft is before free agency so I, I could see them possibly moving Josh to get another first rounder if they if, if that's possible uh, and then maybe like Josh in a second a few second rounders or something to get into the first round if they want to go higher up uh, but yeah, I think the most likely thing is they stack some of the second rounds together with a veteran like Mason Plumley or someone else, any other veteran, and get into like the late first round, like 23 to 30 area. That's my prediction. So the next question is from Bryce of Motor City Hoops. He says, who is, who is or was your favorite non-Pistons team to play with on 2K? He has two questions. So that question, um, who was my favorite non-Pistons team to play with on 2K? So 2K actually is trash now. I hate playing it. I actually haven't played it in months. This is the first time in my life that I've went this long without playing 2K. Uh, this year's game was just, it's, ugh, God. But then even in past years, the things me and my friends did on 2K, we'd play my park and my career and online, pro-am. Like, that's all we've done. We play competitively like that. We don't, we play offline modes. But when we did play head-to-head, it would also be like fantasy draft online. Like, we'd do like an online association and draft our own teams. 
So I had to go back pretty far to think of a team that I used, like, just quick game head-to-head. I haven't done that since, like, I was in 10th grade. And I think at that time, the team I did was, oh, yeah, me and my boy had a rivalry going on between the Heat and the Lakers. I'd pick the Heat, and he'd pick the Lakers. So I guess the Heat, when LeBron was on the team, was probably the best pick that I'd use outside the Pistons. I did used to try to use the Pistons. Actually, I just lied. I just remembered. My 11th grade year, or whenever the year was that, that Josh Smith came to the Pistons, I remember in my 10th grade, that's when it was. My 10th grade year, I remember using Josh Smith in 2K because he was like an 87 over, I believe. And he was literally like LeBron in 2K. He could just go to the rim, you click X, and he'd just dunk on everybody. And either either one, he'd draw a foul, or two, he legit would just dunk on everyone. And it was hard to stop him. So that's literally who I would use. And that was the first year on Next Gen, too. So it was pretty cool. So, yeah, outside the Pistons, it was probably the Miami Heat, and me and my boy would go back and forth to each other. It would be like LeBron versus Kobe. So, yeah, that was probably the other team that I'd use. And I had to go back a long time. That's crazy how long ago it was that since I really played like a quick game. So then his next question is, who is the most enjoyable, not necessarily best team to watch that's still in the playoffs? So I have three possible answers here. So right off the bat, I wanted to say Phoenix because I love watching Phoenix. It's fun to see them, see their crowd going crazy, see this new team in the playoffs playing this well with all these young guys pitching in together, playing really well, leaded, uh, not leaded, what kind of word is that? Led by Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But then also outside the Suns, you even got the Atlanta Hawks who are putting on a show and playing really well. I know they lost this last game against Philadelphia, but the Hawks are playing really well. It's fun to watch Atlanta with, uh, being led by Trey Young and a bunch of other young pieces as well. And then also the Utah Jazz, who are just, they're extremely fun to watch, dude. They hit a lot of threes. They play really good basketball. They move the ball. They play great defense. They're unselfish. They play the right way. Like, they're really fun to watch as well. But if I had to just pick one, uh, I guess I'd have to go with the Phoenix Suns simply because I, I really like how many young pieces they got. I really like their overall team. I like the underdog story of like Cameron Payne, Devin Booker, who was like a few years ago told that he just can't, he's not a winning player because he couldn't win with Leandro Barbosa in his 40s, whatever. So I, I think I go with the Phoenix Suns. And also I like seeing CP3 try to push for this finals appearance that he just desperately should have already. And then DeAndre Aiden also, who is like a, a forgotten pick in the Luka and Trave drafts because yes, he's not those two guys, but he's pretty damn good himself. Like, let's not sleep on DeAndre Aiden. So, yeah, I think I'd probably go with the Phoenix Suns, who are the most fun for me to watch. And they also might be the best team as well, so who knows. And then the last question is from Locked On Clippers. One of the Locked On uh, podcasts to get involved in it. Let's get it. That's Teed. He says, what's the worst trade proposal for Jimmy Grant that you've seen? So I, I tweeted back at him. I was like, you're trying to cause me pain, man. But... Yeah, this whole Jeremy Grant stuff, it just won't stop. We talked about it earlier in the week on the podcast, but it still won't stop. Like, you see it everywhere. Everyone's still talking about, oh, Jeremy Grant this, Jeremy Grant that. I forget what fan base was trying to say that he was available yesterday. Um, who who was it? Was it the Lakers who were saying that he was available and they should push for him? Let me just make this clear. Jeremy Grant is not available. Stop sending us your bad players. We don't want them. Your bad players for Jeremy Grant's not going to get the deal done. Either you pony up or he's staying here. We're completely fine with him staying here. He's it, like we're not shopping him. But the worst one I've probably seen is from a Lakers fan. It was like Kyle Kuzma in a second round pick for him. I almost like blocked the dude and like <laughs> I was uninstalled Twitter. Like bro, that, that easily is probably the worst one I've seen. You could probably find me another bad one that's probably worse than that because there's so many teams and fan bases that think that Jeremy Grant can just be had for nothing. So you could probably find me a worse one. But the worst one I've seen is easily the Kyle Kuzma in a second round pick for him. It's just insane. 
But yeah, I believe that's the final question to answer for you guys. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I'll see you guys on Thursday's podcast tomorrow on the was oh the 10th of June. I'll see you guys then. Also, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at MBA. Make sure you guys leave in those reviews down below. I really appreciate it. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day.